Welcome to First in Maine, your avenue to living well. I'm Debs here with my amazing co-host, Lauren, to meet you in the busyness of your everyday life, to pass along some of the insights and wisdom we've gained over the years. Don't try to figure out life alone. We want to connect you to some of the incredible, well-rounded people in our world. They're life coaches, counselors, pastors, physicians, just amazing people who can help you along the way. Each episode, we'll be sharing sharing personal stories, practical help, and timeless principles to help you live at your best. So lean in and let's tackle life together. Hey guys, welcome back. It's Lauren and I'm here with Debs today. And we're actually here with another amazing couple for today's episode. We're going to introduce you to them in just a minute. But today we're talking about a really important topic for anyone that is desiring to live a first and main way of life. Now you guys may remember episode 27. If you haven't heard it yet, I really want to encourage you to go back and listen. It was called All's well that begins well. And in that episode, we kicked off the new year and we were talking about the importance of attaching our lives to something that really matters. And one of those things that we believe matters is church. And so today we're going to be talking a little bit about living that first man lifestyle and attaching that lifestyle to things like church. Yeah. You know, whether you are actively engaged in church life or someone who's disengaged or let's say mostly disengaged, I believe that today's conversation is going to be especially insightful and helpful. So I just really want to challenge you to lean in. And if you're already kind of feeling yourself going into that protection mode, because maybe you've not had the greatest experience with church life, I just really want to ask you to listen through to the very end. Um, We've brought very special people here to talk about this topic And we know that it can be a sensitive one, um, depending on your experience. So just lean in. I believe we're going to have really open, honest, and very rich conversation today. So I want to introduce you to um, our guest. I've invited Pastor Arnold and Anika Murray. And of course, Anika has been here with us several times, but we have got her rocking husband, Arnold, with us today. Um, Anyway. We're going to be talking about the purpose of the church, challenges. We're going to talk about how to find the right church and specifically ways that we can grow and flourish in church. So, you know, why did we invite them? Well, let me tell you, I have done uh, ministry life with Arnold and Anika for many, many years, and I have watched them rock church life. We've been up close, personal. I've watched them serve in a variety of capacities. They have been attenders to, you know, going through ministry training, even though they had tons of experience before they even came to the church that we currently serve in together and just watch them with humility, go through all of those, you know, steps that you go through again in church, sometimes when you start a new church. (laughs) And 
you know, they are just, um, they're always those excited early embracers. And so in the midst of just journeying through some of those uh, seasons with them, they've gone from attenders to going through all those steps to becoming, you know, incredible leaders in the church, even taking on a campus, becoming campus pastors. And we've been in a developmental church where there have been shifts and uh, such, which come with, you know, challenges as we grow. And I have just watched them rock every single season. So, Thank you guys for coming. We love you, and we cannot wait to just do this conversation with you today. Thank you. That is so awesome. <laughs> so glad to be back and to be here with you, Deb and Lauren. Oh, I thanks. am so excited that you guys are here with us because, Anika, I always enjoy having you on the podcast with us. It's so much fun to get to know you and talk with you and hear your perspective on things and learn from you biblically also. And I'm excited to get to know you some more. Um, today's the first time I've actually got to meet you, Arnold. Yes, that's right. And um, let me tell you guys. Pastor Arnold had us dancing just a little while ago, so today is going to be fun. He is the life of the party. Yes. That's, that's so, so um, Pastor Arnold, let's start with you. I'm wondering how church life started with you. Okay, well, actually, I got to start by saying I am a listener of the podcast, just so everybody knows. Oh, that's so. Awesome. Uh, it's in my downloads. I get it. So I, I subscribe. So oh, uh, this is a privilege to be uh, on the podcast with you, great ladies. Um, thank you. Oh, thank, thank you. you. So good. Okay. So uh, my history. How did I get involved with the church? Well, I come from a actually a spiritual lineage uh, on both sides. This it was actually a privilege of my life. So on uh, my dad's side, my dad was a pastor. Um, and he was for a long time. He was an elder in his in his ministry. He was just an incredible guy. On my mom's side. Um, my mom, I'm, I'm actually the third generation minister uh, on my mom's side. Um, and my mom has uh, five brothers, uh, three of her brothers are bishops. Wow. Um, and my, my grand, grandfather, of course, was a pastor and, he, uh, and evangelist. Um, I have seven siblings, uh, uh, three brothers and four sisters. All three of my brothers are pastors. Wow. Um, and, and then two of my sisters, two of my four sisters uh, also are, are ministers of the word. So I have a, a rich sort yes, of uh, spiritual legacy. Uh, but then beyond that, um, I, I grew up Pentecostal holiness. Oh, come on. Was, that's, that's, that's what I was raised in. Um, but even, you know, even beyond just my, uh, my lineage, I, I enjoyed church. Like when I was um, around 12 years old and I, you know, since the call of God on my life, um, I, I enjoyed being there. Like I was one of those kids that enjoyed, like you know, studying the word and 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 learning in church and being around adults. Now, I'm not saying I wanted to be in the service all the time because I was in the church three or four days a week, like yeah, easily. I was about to say, yeah, three or four days a week. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm in church. I'm, I'm not saying I wanted to be there all the time, but in terms of like. Um, there was a there was a part of me that was at the church. It wasn't just my parents forcing me to be there, although they would have if they needed to. Right. But no, this was I, I wanted to be there, and um, and that's sort of my life. And I could talk a lot more about you know all those things. Uh, so that that's how I got started. And then uh, beyond church, uh, as a teenager, I was uh, leading Bible studies. When I went uh, on to college, um, I led campus ministries. Um, and then once after college and after getting married, um, I've been a, a worship pastor. Uh, um, I've, I've led, um, I mean, new develop, new Christians. I've um, done pastoring. I mean, uh, just a lot of different uh, areas when it comes to ministry. So I have a rich, you know, right. church and parachurch ministry life. I would yeah. say Long so. 
<laughs> Listen up, everybody. <laughs> Gold's about to be dropped. <laughs> that is so awesome. That is. Okay, Anika. Well, mine is not that rich. Um, so I'll say I've been engrafted in in some ways. But I was raised in the church um, in a more traditional setting. I was raised Methodist. Actually, get this, guys. African Methodist Episcopal Zion Church. Come on, Jesus. Come on. All right. So I have to explain that at some other point, what all of that means. So that means we were um, Methodist and Zion. So there was, you know, that denomination. But I was raised in, in the church. And I remember fondly my Sunday school teacher. My Sunday school teacher was spirit filled in the Methodist church. Okay. And she told me from a young age that God wants to use you. He wants to do something with your life. I didn't really understand what that meant, but I always held that in my heart. And just even as I journeyed through my teen years and college years, I always felt um, the Lord with me. I just had a grace to be in relationship with him. I gave my life to the Lord at 15. And then from there on in college, I went through campus ministry and then just have been heavily involved in church ever since then. So. Wow. That's awesome. That is so Too. awesome. I know. I love hearing your stories and your background. And I think it's so cool today because we all came from a little bit of a different backgrounds. I was actually raised Catholic. And so as a child, I was baptized very young as a baby. And I went to church every Sunday. I was heavily influenced by my grandparents. And then as I was getting older and I started um, dating, I realized that people didn't want to come to the Catholic Church with me here in the South. Being up North, a lot of people are Catholic. And coming down to the South, most of my friends were Baptists. And so dating people and bringing them into the church, there was a lot of people that didn't want to come into the Catholic Church. And so I was in this one relationship that I was trying to go to church with him, and we ended up switching. I switched to a non-denominational church, and we started um, going to that church. And my background growing up was Catholic, but then once I got into the non-denominational church, that's where I feel like I really grew spiritually, and I grew in my relationship with God. And I remember being in church that day, one of the um, days, and I stayed afterwards and talked to my pastor. I was going through some stuff. My dad was sick with cancer and I was just having a hard time. And I was going to church every week and I'm like crying in almost every, every service. And so I went into the service this particular day and talked to my pastor and I was asking him like advice. What can I do? What should I do? And He gave me some advice about like getting involved in church. He told me that I needed to pray about my situation. He told me to get involved in church, start serving in church. And that's really how I grew in church. And so I'm really excited today to talk about church life and talk about, you know, all the things that we can do as we grow in our spiritualness. That's cool. What what area of uh, church did you start serving in? When you first started? So when I first started serving in church, I started serving in um, greeting. I was by the ah, And then I went to barista. And then I was a barista girl. Um, ah, but barista. I started off, the very first thing was the doors. Um, then I was barista for about a year. And then after that, I went into um, youth ministry. That's cool. Yeah. 
And then, I, I mean, I went on Women mission trips. I, I led Bible studies. Yeah, I did all from there, but it all started by the doors. See, and that shows you how much church has changed. You know, you can have yeah. a barista position. Like, that's uh, awesome, man. <laughs> I mean, wow. Yeah, that's I, awesome. I was making coffee and setting it up and doing the towels and that's you know, awesome. all the things. So one thing that I love is that, you know, in my journey, I've had I've learned different ways to worship with God yeah. and yeah. to you know I have my moment of you know quiet and intimate reserve, but then I've also had the hands in the air and mm-hmm. moving yeah. around and yeah. you know it's awesome. Yeah, I um, like you, Lauren mm-hmm. was raised in the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. so I really appreciate some of that heritage. I remember I didn't know that did. Yeah, sure was. And Bill and I actually got married. In a Catholic church. Really? Yes. Which Bill did not come from a Catholic background. And we really didn't have conversations about God prior to um, getting married, because many of you have heard my story. Just was not, you know, God was not anywhere (laughs) 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 on the forefront of either one of our minds at that time. But I had been brought up Catholic. And so I'm like, you know, I guess we'll get married in a Catholic church. (laughs) We actually went to premarital counseling with a priest. And it's, I look back now and I think, Bill, why do you you didn't even have a single conversation with me (laughs) (laughs) about that? But we got married Catholic. And um, anyway, looking back now that, you know, once I gave my life to Christ and we went to church. And again, you know, I've shared this story many times, but we ended up that day just through a series of events, we ended up in a Pentecostal holiness church. And that is where the guest evangelist was. And I got called out of the service, both Bill and I prophesied over, and we committed our lives to Christ. So it was very different, even though like as a teenager, I had gone to church with some of my friends that were going to non-denominational churches. So I had, you know, experienced church different than um, the Catholic church. And looking back kind of like over the years, like with the Bible college that Bill and I graduated with, which was um, Beulah Heights University, Mm -hmm. and we ended up going to many, many different churches just to hear different people preach and stuff like that. And I really feel like the Lord just expanded, Mm -hmm. you know, my perspective, and I learned how to glean from different backgrounds mm-hmm. and found richness and beauty in a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was a really, really neat experience. So um that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know what I like about that is um many times when you've had those that broad experience, uh, you become less critical yes. about other things. You know, um when in our in my original again Pentecostal holiness <laughs> denomination, we were I mean, just honestly, we were critical about other denominations, and and it was you were not encouraged to to visit any other you know denominations. Yeah. You you weren't encouraged to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's sort of like when we get in these boxes and, and as church people and in church areas, right? We get in these boxes, and, uh, and and that's really not God's heart for us to like not appreciate. Um, and you know what he what the body is, you know, yeah. um, because all the churches represent you know the body of Christ, um, and so I, I just think that's great, yeah. you know, that you've had that experience because you know because of course now after all these years, you know, I'm much older and many I, I've been to many you know different types of churches, many types of environment, yeah, and and I've learned to be a lot less critical, yeah, you know, about things, and I think that's important for all of us that are church people, those that may be listening, you know, uh, let's encourage. 
um, uh, just encourage each other to be kind in our words and, mm-hmm. and, and, and not be critical just because you haven't experienced, you right. know, different things. So. Yeah. And I remember, you know, God is good like that. He, over the years, um, I think with a lot of us, if we'll open ourselves to it, he has much to teach us yeah. and humility really does pave the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's just talk about church for just a minute in terms of what is the purpose of church? Like, why is it important that if we're going to live a first and main life and we want to rock church life and we're saying that this is an area that matters, why does it matter? And that's really good. You know, uh, one of my, the first thoughts that I have in thinking about, you know, let's say, why should, why does church matter? Why should we go to church? You know, Jesus went to church, yes. you know, <laughs> Paul went to church, right? Um, it's, it's important to have a community of people to uh, move you along, um, a path of growth. You know, uh, our spiritual life is designed to be a growth process. You know, you're not, you know, you don't just become a Christian and then, you know, that's it. Uh, there is an expectation through the Bible and through church is that you would grow. The Bible talks a lot about you know, developing and spiritual maturity. So church is one of the places, just kind of getting the conversation started, right? Yeah, one of the places is where we have community and you get an opportunity to grow and to develop as a uh, as a believer. So good. Yeah. And, you know, church is God's idea. You know, God uh, intended us for community. He intended us for um, each other to be in fellowship. Yeah. And so one of the ways that God decided to get love to the entire world is like through through the church. You know, after Jesus died and was resurrected and then after Pentecost, the church was, you know, represented through the body of Christ. And there's this gathering also of of believers. And, you know, God instructs us to assemble together. He said yeah. not to forsake the assembly, not to um, you know, to come together, to yeah. really um, come together. And in terms of that, it is that space, like you mentioned, for to grow and to develop. Um, it creates a structure for safety and for mm-hmm. order and for spiritual maturity. And we, we, need, we need that. We need those types of things in our life. It helps you to grow when you do have um, an entity to grow under and within. And I think church helps you to be be balanced. Yes. Um, if you're off on your own with your own thinking, mm-hmm. you can develop your own like theology, your own like way. Yeah. I think you call it weird. Art. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if, you, if, if you're not a part of church, you can be weird. I mean, we've all met those weird people. <laughs> yes, we have. And most of the time, they do not have a church that they are committed to. To mm-hmm. you know, they have their own ideas, and um, and that's just one of those things. Like, I don't want to be a weird person. <laughs> I don't. And, you know, church gives us that sense of of belonging. Yes. Yes. You know, you able to have the community, as you mentioned. You're able to be a part of a a family, and it gives you that support that you need. So you can offer support, and then also give it. So in time of need, you need people. Like yes. you're not in an island. You know, God put the solitary in families. He established ways that we could grow. We could get the community. And I believe one of those ways is through church because he created it. Absolutely. And it really is when um, we understand that it's more than just going to hear a good message. Yes, It's more than taking our children somewhere so that they can have a fun experience. Mm -hmm. Church is intended, like you both said, the key word there, to be a community. Loneliness is an epidemic. Mm -hmm. And we live, especially in America, I think, you know, we're such an individualistic 
society and we are living at such a fast pace and so many people are struggling with loneliness and it's like, shouldn't we have a system or whatever to like take care of this issue? Well, God did create a system. He created um, and gave birth to a place that is supposed to be a gathering of people Mm -hmm. who are called out by him. And in that fellowship, there is to be embrace, love, forgiveness. It's a place that we challenge one another, we forgive one another, we build one another up. We have all, you know, so much of what the, Paul wrote in the New Testament, all those one another commands, those are lived out, that growth process, which a lot of us, you know, will refer to as sanctification, mm-hmm. becoming like Christ. It happens in the context of family, just like as in your natural family, you're born and you're immature and you're a baby and you're nurtured and you're fed mm-hmm. and you're taught and you're, you're disciplined. You begin to grow up and you find your wings and, you know, all of that. The same thing is to happen, like, in the family of God. And God wants us to find a community of people that we can actually do life with, mm-hmm. that we can live out and be vulnerable, be real, be safe, and grow. And I think sometimes... Um, not to get on a soapbox, but we really still are missing out. Many people are missing out Mm -hmm. on what you can actually experience Mm -hmm. from church by just kind of like dipping your toe in, like going and attending and thinking like, I'm just going to go and hear a good message and leave. And until you really like commit and recognize that it's really about community and like that fellowship and relationship and getting real and letting people see the you up close, that's where you find real acceptance and belonging. And it is to be a place where you're cheered, you're believed in, mm-hmm. you're encouraged, and you can find your wings. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, that. that's really good, Deb. You know, you, for me, you get out what you put in. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we, when we approach the church, we're like, what is the church going to do for me? But just coming in with an attitude of, of what, what can I, what can I do? Because the church is people. The church is not a building. Right. It's not a thing. It's made up of believers. So it's not one believer, but it's made up of that community of believers. So what can you offer? And then you, it's an exchange. It is. Um, when you're a part of a healthy community, a healthy church. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, we're talking about it's a body and not every um, part of your body does the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, different parts of our body, we need the other parts of our body. And so there are people who have certain gifts within the body of Christ. And so we need those parts. So when we come together and we're all flourishing and functioning in how God has created us, we supply something that somebody else may be lacking. Yeah. It's a give and take, and it can be quite a you know a beautiful thing. And just to follow up what you were saying, Des, earlier I was talking about how I was at the non-national church. I just made a switch, and I was feeling sad because my dad was going through a lot and was sick, and I just felt bad. And so I started going to church and my pastor told me, you know, get involved in church, start praying about your situation and start serving somewhere. And those things helped me. It didn't 
make my dad better. But yeah. having that community, the, what you just t- talked about, helped what I was going through so much because I had the support. I had people come to us. They brought us food. They 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 carried us through that, and that that was that was awesome. And yeah. that's what our family needed. That's what I needed. And so church provided. When I stepped up, like you said, Anika, and I I poured into church, it poured back into my life. I love that. That's That's beautiful. I want to read a scripture. It's Psalm 92, verses 12 through 15. It says, The righteous will flourish like the date palm. They will grow like a cedar in Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. Growing in grace, they will still thrive and bear fruit and prosper in old age. They will flourish and be vital and fresh. They are living memorials to declare that the Lord is upright and faithful to His promises. You know, when we're planted in the house of the Lord, um, we can flourish there. That's what He wants for us. Yeah. You know, and another great thing that I was just thinking about with church is uh, there's a scripture that God, um, this in the Bible that uh, they'll know you the you're Bible. Christians. Yeah, in the Bible. The Bible. <laughs> it's a scripture in the Bible. I'm sorry. There's a scripture that says um, that they'll know you're Christians by the love that you have for one for one another. One of the ways that that love gets nurtured is and developed is in the church. Like you need a an environment to um, to build and to show that love to develop that love. Um, you know, obviously there are, you know, friends that we could fall in love with, you know, the first time we meet them and have a, you can, you know, connect, have a great connection, but love often, often needs to be developed. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that happens in church. Mm-hmm. You, you develop relationship. Uh, I'm going to take this now. I wouldn't plan on doing this, but it just came to mind. So I'm going to take this. So everybody's listening. Um, I met Deb before my wife did. Right. So uh, we were involved in this ministry training together and. And Deb did this message that I pick out about all the time because it was so awesome. And it was a message about grit. <laughs> and I, and I, so we all, as a Tenacity. part of our training, yeah, as a, as a part of our training, we all had to give a five minute, you know, sort of mini, you know, sermon. And Deb talked about grit. But anyway, after that message, I was like, oh my God, that's my people. So I came <laughs> home and I told my wife, I said, babe, you got to meet this lady at church. Her name is Deb. I, so you got to meet her. She did this message about grit. It was incredible. And she was like, because uh, see what happens is I get excited. I meet all these people at church and I get really excited. And then Anika comes back. All of y'all always want me to meet all these people. You know, I don't want these people. And so she was like, oh, here's some other person that Arnold wanted me to meet. So I said, no, you got to meet Deb. Well, she didn't listen to me at first. I'm just saying, she didn't listen to me at first. And so, but what eventually happened when on, when they met on their own terms, Anika <laughs> fell in love with Deb, and now they're great friends. And I'm like, I told you that two years ago, and and now their love has developed, you know, because of getting to know each other. But see, that happened in the environment of church. Yeah. And you um, take full so credit for <laughs> no Deb question. and I being friends. All of it. Okay. Every <laughs> Now <bit>. we know. <laughs> now we know. Now we know. I really do thank you, Arnold, because she is such a gift. She is, yeah. <laughs> thank you for planting that seed. I know. Watering that seed. Yes. <laughs> so funny. So funny. You know, Deb, I, I want to go back for a second. You, you mentioned a scripture about cedar of Lebanon. Uh-huh. So I read up on what a cedar of Lebanon is, okay. right? 
And these cedars, the reason why it says that you you will grow like a cedar of Lebanon and you flourish and you bear in old age, there are some of those trees, cedars of Lebanon, that have been around for thousands of years, like 3,000 years. It's something about their roots. It just keeps going and get deeper and deeper in the ground and they just keep moving Uh, and it keeps spreading and they grow and flourish. And so... um, when you mentioned that, I thought I'd bring that up because it's like you, even in old age, I mean, those trees still flourish after thousands of years. But when you're planted in the house of the Lord, you will flourish, you know, so whether true. you're young, whether you're old, it's never too late. And I know sometimes we feel like, you know, what can I give? You know, we may be of a certain age and like, what can I contribute to the church or what can I do for the Lord? Is it too late? Did I miss it? It's not too late. And you can grow, you can get planted, you can flourish, whether you're young, whether you're older, whether you're mature, not mature, you can grow and when you're planted in the house of the Lord. Yeah, and I think that it comes back to, we have to determine whether or not we're just going to believe that what God says is true. Yeah. And if it's God's idea for the church... And he says he's going to build his church. The gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. That it's a place for us to have fellowship. That it's his idea, um, our place to um, flourish, to thrive, to grow. Then even if our experience has contradicted that in one way or another, that does not negate that that's true. It may have been a bad experience, but you don't give up. God's word is true. So wherever this podcast meets you, just know that I believe if we are prayerful in our pursuit in terms of finding that fellowship, finding that community, Mm -hmm. and being prayerful in our seeking, then he will lead us and guide us. He's a good shepherd, Mm -hmm. and he will help us find a place where we can grow and flourish and dig our roots deep and thrive in every season of life. That is his plan. And we've got to cooperate with it, (laughs) whether we think it's this, that, or what. (laughs) So let me ask you this. Based on what you just said, if somebody is saying, okay, Debs, I hear you. I get it. I I want to find a church. I'm not in a church right now. How, how do they find it? Like, how does somebody find a church for themselves? Pastor Arnold, if you could help yeah. kind of talk a little bit about that with us. Yeah. Um, the process is going to be different for um, different people and, you know, where you are in life. But, um, you know, one of the things that you should look for when you are looking for a church is you, I think it's important to start with what does the church believe, right? right. Um, and there should be um, some sort of statement of faith uh, that, the church shares, like, here is what we believe. And, and that's important. Um, you know, one of those things that in terms of what people believe, you know, people should believe that Jesus is the Lord. Mm-hmm. You're right. Um, that, you know, there, there is the Godhead, right. There's the, the father, the son, the Holy spirit. I mean, and, and there, there's, there's other things that I don't want to just kind of go into all the, the pieces of it, but it's important to have a biblical foundation for the church, you yes. know, not that you just want to like grow and be popular and build a great ministry. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's, there, there should be a, a, a foundation of beliefs, you know, that that you start with. Um, I think also it's important when you are trying to find a church is to find somewhere you there's 
really keep it simple. There's nice people. Yeah. Right. You know, uh, <laughs> sometimes, you know, we we have this idea and, you know, we look at certain pastors who are very, you know, eloquent speakers and, and those things are great, you know, of, of course, you know. But, but you can't hear that pretty much anywhere nowadays, right? Yeah. <laughs> like Pastor Arnold yeah. preaching on the podcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> there you yeah. Go. Yeah. But you know right. what I'm saying? Absolutely. You can hear good preaching. You can hear any pre- pre- good preaching all over the place. <clears throat> but uh, no, it, it's important where you, uh, a, a good church is a church where you can see the lives of the people in the church growing and developing. Mm-hmm. That's how you know that, uh, that that's a church you might want to be a part of. Um, again, and where people are, seriously, where people are nice. Like, I don't, again, I, I've said I, I've been to, at this point, you know, many, 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 many churches. And I have been to churches where people just weren't that nice. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I know that sounds simple, but hey, nice is a thing, right? If people are not <laughs> treating you, if you go in there and, and, and people aren't nice, that may not be a good place for you. It may be a good place for somebody. It may not be a good place for you. And then last uh thing that's sort of top of mind is I think we should, uh, you should try to find a church that, that looks like heaven. And, and what I mean by that, again, you know, I'm, I'm much older now and, and, and things, you know, have been different, but, um, you know, Martin Luther King said that the most divided hour in churches or in, in the nation is 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings. Right. right. Um, I, I think now it's important to find a church where you see, um, what heaven's going to look like. Heaven's going to have all nations there. You know, it's uh, you're going to be able to learn how to love all sorts of people, yes. right? And I, I think that's important for finding uh, finding a church. That's going to be important for our for our kids. Uh, I'm a big component of racial reconciliation. Yeah. Um, that's something that's very important to me. And our my my kids need to see that I have friends yeah. that are of different races, uh, different nationalities, right? They need to see that unity. In, in our life, and, and when they see us worshiping together, when they see us living yes. together, that's a great sign. And that's something that you don't have to preach. Mm-hmm. They exactly. see that, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, those, again, I, I, a little bit of a wheel box and a little bit about me personally, but those are things that I think are, are, are important for finding a, a, a good church. Yeah. yeah, I definitely agree with that. You know, along those lines, when you said nice people, I would say look for an environment that is welcoming mm-hmm. or yeah. inviting. And also... You know, I'm I'm one for, you know, dotting every I and crossing the T's. So I would read the mission statement, try to understand the vision of the church and just making sure that you align with that. So along with having that statement of faith that is biblically sound, like what does the what's the vision of the church? Where is it going? What's the mission? Are they winning the loss? You know, is that one of the things? And that's biblically what the church should be doing, you know, going into the world, preaching the gospel, baptizing people, you know, things like that. So those things that are biblically, biblically sound. And um, I thought about this, you know, what do some of the members say about it? I'm not talking about disgruntled ex-members, but what do people (laughs) who attend the church, you know, say about it. And is that something that you want to be a part of? Like, are they gossiping about it, talking about the preacher, talking, you know, saying bad things about their own church? Just listen out and people will tell you. If you listen, you will be able to hear and ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. Like he knows what's best. He knows the environment that you should be in. Mm -hmm. So I say definitely ask and he'll offer guidance to you. Absolutely. I mean, we just, God is, God's ways, we talked about this last episode, his ways are so much bigger than our ways. He doesn't think the way that we think. And 
I think all of these things we're saying, they are super important. We do want to find a place where heaven is represented on earth, all of those things. And I believe God can take all of those pieces and bring them all together and lead in God. And case in point, when Bill and I moved to Atlanta, we um, left our family. I was a brand new mother. We moved to a city. We knew absolutely no one here. He took a position. And we were relatively new in the faith. Aaron was a year old at the time. And I had um, gotten pregnant with Aaron in October, and I just gave my life to Christ in June. So, like, (laughs) it's only, like, you know, two years that we've been walking with the Lord. So, like, leaving what we knew to move somewhere that we, you know, knew no one, it was a big deal. And so the first thing we did when we came to Atlanta is we knew that we needed to find a church. Mm-hmm. But Atlanta's a huge, you know, like there's lots of options, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Would, I mean, there are so many options. And I just remember us like really just seeking the Lord and praying. And through just a series of events, there I was listening to a radio station, heard this announcement, just really felt prompted, like, let's go check here. And we ended up at a church called Trinity Family Worship Center. It was on the south side of Atlanta. It was not a large church. And um, the pastor there was relatively new. The church had been around for a good bit of time, but he was kind of new taking the pastorate. And I remember the Lord just impressing on us, like, these are your people. And it's so amazing because that is where we ended up meeting Sam and Brenda Chan. Mm-hmm. That is the church where we got to sit back in the day in Sunday schools. I mean, Sam at that time was the president of the Bible college that we ended up going to because they gave us full scholarships to Bible college. Wow. Come on. I did not even real, you know, looking back, I totally get it now, but. Sam at that time was teaching Sunday school. You know, he taught Bill and I Sunday school, which is, I mean, what an amazing opportunity. Wow. And like John Maxwell would come and teach there. Tim Elmore came and taught there. I mean, we sat under some of the most amazing teaching, but there was also, it was a family church. Mm-hmm. They were very nurturing, very encouraging, just so many great things. And I just, I look back and I think, God is like that. He's so good, you know, when we'll yield to Him and be directed by Him. He knows the place to put us that will nurture, you know, the calling that He has for us. So, Man, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking one other, um, two other things that that came to mind. Um, The first was also when you're looking for a church, you know, look for a place where you can see yourself as part of that vision and and that ministry that, um, Anika just mentioned, where you can see yourself serving and you can see yourself getting involved um, because, you know, just like anything else, when you, it's important to be able to see yourself because what you see is what you are going to go after. You know, you you say, hey, I, I fit here, I belong, I see how I can serve, I see a contribution that I can make. And then last thing uh, is going back to something that we said earlier, earlier I, you know, be aware if, if the church is really if you hear a lot of them criticizing other churches, right? right. I just I just think, you know, I, I've, I've seen so much, you know, critical things about the body, and we're all a part of the body. I just, if if, a, if one of the main things that you hear a lot is them pointing out flaws in other parts of the body, you know, that may not be the best place because we should be encouraging the body because we're all part of the body, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, anyway, that's just something that I no, wanted good. to share. Yes. That's yeah. really good. So 
Let me ask this question now. <laughs> we talked a little bit about how to find a church, and I love some of the answers about being welcoming and finding heaven in church. <laughs> I think that was a great answer. Um, but there are so many different denominations. So can we just go there for a second? I know we can't talk about all the denominations and all the details, but Debs and I have had a conversation once before, and Debs and I talked a little bit, and she told me and taught me that there are essentials and non-essentials in <laughs> church. Good. And um, that really stuck with me, and that was really helpful to for me to learn. And I think that if we had a little conversation about that when it comes to finding a church and the different denominations, that maybe we could help some other people understand the same thing. Yeah. I think you should start that one. <laughs> no, that that's really good because I still I think it's in line with what we are yeah. we're just saying, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, it's not necessarily what the denomination is that matters mm-hmm. is the fact of it lining up with scripture right. and you know with the your beliefs mm-hmm. and just making sure that just because you grew up in an environment doesn't engraft you in, you know, how if your mom was a Baptist or your mom was a Methodist, mm-hmm. you don't just be a Methodist or a Baptist. So you have to search out what people, what people believe. So I would take that same approach, like in finding, in finding a church, um, you know, being a part of a certain denomination is not a requirement for salvation. You know, you do have a choice of where you, where you go to church. Um, and it's about having a relationship, you know, having a relationship with God. So I think that, you know, sometimes we do measure in the minors. So when, you know, you say the essentials versus the, the non-essential, some things are preferences and some things are convictions. Like a preference could be a, a worship style, right. you know, it could be a preference, but a belief about baptism and salvation, the resurrection mm-hmm. is, is not a, is not a non, it's an essential. <laughs> right. You know, good. that is one of those things <laughs> that good. is a That's pillar right. of the church, but there are things that you can't compromise on. So there, there are things like tithing, communion, baptism, those things are essentials. So you need to determine if, you know, those are what you're going to major in. Yeah. And I think it's really important. I mean, you may have been brought up in a particular denomination and you've just kind of, that's just the way it's been. And you've never really taken that personal journey to ask the question, like, what exactly do we believe? Yeah. You yeah. know, and yeah. Why is what we believe different than, let's say, your Methodists? What do Methodists believe differently than, let's say, the Baptists and maybe Catholics? And it's not to like have like an argument or to go into a critical place, but it really needs to be a place of like asking those questions praying through those questions and then going back to the word and saying, what am I to believe Mm. based on what you're teaching me and what is absolutely essential, what's not essential. And that's the Bible says we are to work out our own Mm -hmm. salvation Mm -hmm. with fear and trembling. And I think we are living in a society nowadays. We just take things, you know, Mm -hmm. we just hear this and hear that (laughs) and Mm -hmm. listen to that. And one of the things the Lord, because of my background, kind of really finding the Word of God, not really reading it myself until I was, you know, in my mid-20s and then reading it and being like, how in the world did I believe some of the things I believe? That is not in the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
You know, it was eye-opening. Not to get, you know, again, critical about it, but just like, wow. Because we things can be done out of tradition. Mm-hmm. And it's just like in the Old Testament. God gave 10 commandments and... We ended up with 613 laws. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah. Jesus comes on the scene. Yeah. So man has a way of over time mm. taking something and making it this, that, this. And depending on how you grew up, you may have assumptions about things, but it really may not be the heart of God. So it's finding those things out and then going on that journey with him and trusting him. Uh, to lead you and guide you, yeah, and and being being open, you yeah. know, to God that maybe the way you grew up or where you've been going may not be where you're supposed to be, yeah. you know, and asking Him, like you said, those questions, looking in the Bible, comparing it to what you've been taught and what you heard, and you know, just really making that comparison. You know, there's a song. It was it's an old song. It's called the old time religion. You know, it's like, give me that old time religion. It was good enough for my mama. It was good enough for my grandma. It was good enough for me. And you know, it's not, it's not about like the the religion, you know? So, you know, you have to, like you said, work out your own soul salvation and you do that with fear and trembling. So like, you don't want to be in a place where you're lining up with a belief system that is not consistent with the word of God that goes, you know, that's adding to or taking away, you know, we're, not to add to or take away from yeah. the word. It 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 stands by itself. You know, it doesn't need us <laughs> to add to it. And just having that um, that foundation. You know, God, Holy Spirit will lead you in the right way, but you have to be open to Him open leading to that. you. Be teachable. To be yeah, be teachable. Yeah, absolutely. That's so good. All right, so. Um, I do want to ask this question. Let's take, because I know I've talked with people in this situation. Let's say we have somebody listening out there today. They grew up a particular denomination. Maybe their um, significant other Mm -hmm. grew up in a different denomination. They're considering getting married. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they even didn't think about that too much and got married. (laughs) (laughs) And now they're at this place where... They want to start going to church, but they don't agree. What advice would you give? That's a, I know that's a hard one. Yeah, we we had a little discussion about this, just uh, talking about this for sure. You know, the optimal to us is that you would believe the same thing and go to the same church. I mean, of course, that would be optimal, we, we believe. But if you aren't, I think one, you have to ask a couple of questions. You know, um, do you want to go to church together? Like, is that, is that important to you? Yeah. Like, is it important to you too that you want to go to church together? Um, have open communication about your expectations for church. What do you want to get, get out of it? Um, when you are a part of the same body, it makes it easier for you both to be accountable to the same leadership, especially when it comes to giving, come to serving. So I, I would say if you... Um, are deciding to go to different churches that may also create other um, issues within a marriage that aren't even related to church. Like for instance, giving. So if so, if you're giving to one church and somebody's giving over here, there may be a there may be other conflicts that could be created in marriage. So definitely talking about that. Going back to what we said about the essentials versus the non-essentials. So determine just for yourselves the things that are your convictions and are your preferences. So 
deciding if it's the worship style, if it's the doctrine, what are the things that you both have to believe? And so you have to have, you should, I don't know, I hate to say people should do things. We encourage you to have the same uh, biblical foundation, a biblical a biblical belief, and have an open communication about that. It's important to have the same belief in Jesus Christ. So when we talk about denominations, we're not speaking of different religions. So, you know, there are times where, you know, somebody may ask, us, I'm a Jew, I want to marry a Muslim. I don't advise that at all, you know, because right. um, how could two walk together unless they are agreed? So you have to agree on the foundational belief that Jesus is Lord, who Jesus Christ is. So I would say have lots of uh, conversations, lots of open communication. Be willing if, um, you know, in love there is sacrifice. So if you need to sacrifice a preference or non-essential um, for an essential, then that's a way of learning and growing mm -hmm. as a couple in your marriage. Not sure if they answer that, but there you go. I, I love that. That's a great answer. That's good. Yeah. 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 That's why I pointed to her when I said <laughs> we should answer that question first. You want to add anything to it? Um, yeah, I, I would say. I mean, it, it's it's tough if you are, you know, if you're in that that situation. Uh, but I just want to encourage you that you can you can find a way through it. Mm -hmm. You can you can get to an answer. You can you can come to a resolution because uh, it's this important. And if you want to have unity in your marriage, if that is your heart's desire. And, and I will hope that would be, um, then I want to encourage you, you, you'll be able to figure it out. And maybe, and that's something, if, if you are having a challenge with it, that's a great thing to pray about um, to God by yourself and with your spouse. You say, mm -hmm. hey, Lord, you know, I want to have unity in our marriage and I would love for us to be able to attend church together. You know, how can you help me with that? Yes. I mean, and, and let the Lord, you know, adjust it might be adjust you, might be uh, you know adjust you know your spouse, but let the Lord help you with that because it is something. I mean, you're just like we were saying. I, I said earlier, you know, a church should represent heaven. I know this is not a little bit off topic. But your marriage should also represent you know, heaven, right? It should be a place of, of unity. So that's important. And, and God, would, when you when you have unity as a as a goal, it's amazing how God can can help. You know, yes. move those things along and and get you lined up uh, on those things. Uh, one of our uh, spiritual fathers, um, when they when he he and his wife first started off, she was actually saved first and way more committed than he was. Uh, but then um, he you know ended up getting turned on to the Lord and and you know really just growing a lot. But he started he wanted to attend this uh, different denomination than she did. Uh, and in this different denomination is where he just really got turned on to God, and eventually they, um, they you know, they came together, and they are again. There are some of our uh, our spiritual fathers, uh, and and their life has been incredible, you know. So yeah. God worked that out, and that's a great testimony. So I know it can happen, right. and I want to just again encourage anybody that may be listening: you can get through that, and, and you can be aligned on that. That's yeah. so good. That is good, and I like both of your answers. <clears throat> I think that. You can work it out. I know that prior to being married, uh, I went to a non-denominational church and it had um, the very, the scene of like 
free-spirited worship. Mm-hmm. And I loved that. Mm-hmm. Especially coming from a Catholic background, I liked being able to have that. And Peyton, he was raised in a very traditional background. So he made the sacrifice to come to church with me. And we did that while we were dating. He got very involved at church. And then when we got married, I went ahead and I went to the church that he preferred. And in in that church, I've grown in different ways too. So we've yeah. both grown in different churches. And it was it's kind of... It's kind of nice just to to experience what my spouse enjoys. Mm-hmm. And I think he picked up on things that I enjoyed in my worship through the church I was going to, too. And I really want to commend you on that, Lauren. Thank you. I really do, because I've watched you journey that, mm-hmm. and I've seen you embrace it. And so I think that's a important part of that. That It's about serving one another mm-hmm. and loving one another. And love, like you said, you guys— um, sometimes bring sacrifice. We sacrifice our preference mm-hmm. um, for that. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, you humble yourself, you're teachable, but you did it with the right attitude. Yeah, you know I, what I'm saying? You went in with like, I'm going to do this. And so you didn't go in bitter. You didn't go in resentful, you know, all of those things, which you could have. <laughs> I mean, I definitely missed my church. You know? yeah. I mean, that is a, that's a hard change when mm-hmm. you're really involved. I mean, I went out to South Africa with this church. I yeah. mean, I served yeah. all the time in this church. Yeah. But it's very important for my husband to be fed too. Like I want him to have a great spiritual experience. I want him to have a closeness with Jesus. And if the speakers are throwing him off and the lights are thrown off, he's not getting worship. Mm-hmm. And I want him to have that too. Yeah. So well, the, the key word, I think one of the key words you said was growth. You know, you've, mm-hmm. you've grown there too. So mm-hmm. like we, you look at how you've grown and Sometimes we get in different environments so God can just teach us something and something about ourselves, something about him, another aspect of him that he wants us to learn so that we can grow. And I would say like what we don't want is to get in situations where we're stifling, Mm -hmm. like our growth is stifled or the growth of our spouse is stifled. We don't want to be a stumbling block for each other. So I think sometimes people can use those preferences and things that they want as stumbling blocks and you don't want to keep... Um, someone else from experiencing the relationship with Jesus that they need to experience. And then, you know, from that, you know, God honors that. So you don't know, it may be an open door or an opportunity where he will eventually maybe want to, you know, venture out. I mean, you don't know, but I say, you know, you don't want to be a stumbling block. And then that's Mm -hmm. awesome that you feel like you grow because God can, he can grow us wherever oh, we yeah. are. You will grow. If you're planted, you're going to grow. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can grow because yeah. God is the one who makes that yeah. that soil good and he, he grows us up because the seed is good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do want to add uh, just uh, <laughs> just one thing. I, I just thought about why you were you were you were speaking. Um, and that is so the question was, if, you know, you have a spouse uh, one spouse wants to go to one church and another spouse wants to go to the church and you got to figure it out. You can work that out. I just want to say that. You should not be choosing, uh, letting your children push you to where you should go to church, right? I mean, because I know that's controversial, but I'm bringing it up. Bring it it up. No, because I've seen that people say, well, I'm going to choose this church because my my children are, you know, it's going to be great for my kids. And that, I mean, that's not a bad reason, but you have the, you are the parent. You are. You need to make sure that your life is straight, that you are growing. And believe me, when when you and your, when you're, uh, when you need to make sure that you, are growing. You need to make sure that you are focused, uh, that you are finding where you should be. Your children will follow your lead. Again, 
and and we all want to have you know great children's ministry, a lot of great ones around. But I just feel like I want to say this that so yes, the husband and wife you should be on one accord, but it's not about you know the the kids have a secondary interest in that yes. right you know we want them to be happy but if they're not no this is about mommy and daddy first and then about the children i just wanted to say that yeah <laughs> that's good yeah yeah i, I mean if you're growing then your kids are growing right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i i i agree with you arnold <laughs> i mean i really do y'all sorry <laughs> you know we're talking about growing so let's let's go there for a second. <clears throat> if we're going to church, we find a church, right? Yeah. We we found our church. We've asked all the questions. We're we got a church we're going to. We're attending. How do we plug in now? How do we grow at church? I do think it's important for the church to make it easy for you to connect and for, and easy for you to move from one stage uh, to another. Uh, and one of the the best ways to plug in is to follow the path, like. Uh, most churches do have a, a an ideal way or design way that you start. Maybe it's a new members class. Maybe it's being a part of a, a connect group or a small group. But uh, most churches do have a path for you, and you know follow their path um, because again, you know this is where you would want to be and where you want to grow. Um, and it's usually they 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 have a way in mind to to get you to where you need to be and to help you to grow and to help you to plug in. So that's one of the first thing. If they have a path, you know follow that. Uh, let's say, but let's say that you're in a situation where they may not have a clearly defined path. Um, I'm big on fall, you know, finding honorable, respectable men and women of God whose life that you want your life to be like, and get connected to them and do what they do. Mm. I mean, just to keep it really, really simple, right? Yeah. You you want to look for, you know, spiritual, lead, mature Christians. Mm-hmm. Right. And what what does a what does it mean to be a mature Christian? Someone whose life is based on the Bible and there is a spiritual maturity uh, in their life. You see them growing. You see them um, manifesting the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, long suffering, temperance. Right. You see someone developing that. Connect with them and do what they do. <laughs> I, I like I love that. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that's really good. <laughs> that's, that's really good. I See mean, y'all next time. <laughs> okay, see law. Yeah, you got. So, um, you know, I, I just think oh, it's important to make a decision um, to not just be a spectator. Yeah. But to participate, you know, we said before, you know, church is made up of people. So it starts with, to me making the decision that you want to get involved, that you yeah. want to be a part of it. Um, the first thing is go to church, like attend, <laughs> actually yes. show up. Yes. You know, so That's it's so hard good. to connect with a church where you you come, you know, maybe on some first Sundays and sometimes you may go on a second or you may be away <laughs> for three months. You know, it's, it's, it's hard. True. So I, I think attending, you know, just showing up. Consistently. Consistently. Consistency is is definitely the key. You can talk to people, mm-hmm. ask questions, ask about you know about the church, ask what do they do, how do you know, just ask some questions, um, and you know, just try to start building relationships yourself. So that comes from um, talking to people. Offer your your talents, you know, what you you know, look for a need and try to fill it. So see where there may be something like, for lack of better words, lacking, you know, or where you can plug in. 
And um, Arnie, you mentioned, you know, join a small group or attend other church relations, um, other church events and try to um, offer yourself, you know, just make yourself available. Yeah. Like you're here, be available. Yeah. Um, it's really important to uh, build relationships at church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it really is. It's important to have, again, when we were talking about finding a church, finding a church where you feel like you can build relationships that's not based on social status and things outside the church. Right. I just want to be clear about that. Right. It's based on like, hey, I like these people. They seem to have a great marriage. They seem to have great kids. They seem to be growing in the spirit. They seem to be winning people to Jesus. They seem to be, you know, having a strong faith. They They're seem nice to be to great. Me. They're nice <laughs> to me, right? So, you know, you see these the, these things and, you know, you just you just connect. You know, you you plug in, you get involved and um and life is good. And build relationships. It's so important. I mean, there's so much fulfillment that comes out of relationships. Um, you know, one of the things that we that um we didn't say when it comes to uh, church is uh, watching church is not attending church. You know, yeah. You know. Just pause for just a minute, okay? Because we need to say that one more time. Yeah. So, so watching church is not attending church. Uh, when you are a part of a church, you know, it's, it's in our nomenclature, it's a little confusing to go. We say go to church. Well, so I go to church. No. Well, when we say go to church, what we mean that you are connected to a church body of people, a body of believers where you are accountable, uh, where somebody knows your name. Keep going. Right. Yeah. Where uh, someone can't account for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's when a, you're not there, they know it. When, they, when you're not there, <laughs> they know. Or no, when you're not there, they care. Yeah. That you're not there. You know, uh, there is a scripture in uh, Ephesians that says, uh, so God has uh, given to the body evangelists, pastors, leader, um, uh, prophets, you know, the five, what we call the fivefold uh, ministry. So these, these different things that he's given to the body. Well, one of the things that God has set up structurally in a body of community of believers is the pastor. Oh, the pastor, that is a role that God has placed in the church. Now, and I, so a pastor is not just a senior pastor. A pastor is a shepherd over your life, someone that connects to you, someone that, again, knows you're there. So um, if you are watching church, you're not necessarily attending church just because you watch the same service every week. You know, mm-hmm. that that's not necessarily attending church. Um, you know, when one of the things that Anika and I did for almost two years, we were um, the online pastors. Uh, so we had an online, oh, oh, we served as the online pastors for campus pastors for our wider church. Now, one of the things that we did with that is when the people, well, we did it through Zoom. And one of the when the people would come on on Zoom, we would connect with those people. Like we would have conversations with them every week, and we filled in or um, we we took attendance. And we submitted the people uh, who came to Zoom Church. We submitted their names up, you know, into the our church database. Said, this person showed up for church. Like we people were accountable to us, right? Yeah. So that's is that was that's different from I'm just going to stream. You know, I don't want to call you know a you know popular name, but you know I don't. Want, I'm just I'm just going to stream stream this particular service. No, when you attend church. There is accountability. There is someone that can watch over your life. And that's what church is there for. That's one of the things that God has set up to to protect you. Yes. So it's a protection for you. It's not 
just to make you feel like, you know, something is to, uh, somebody can give you some rules. No, it's there so that you can be nurtured. God established it, right? Yeah. It's his idea. And God usually has pretty good ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He does. He does. She was so good. Okay. So thank you so much, Pastor Arnold. That was amazing. <laughs> um, with that being said, we have accountability. There's someone shepherding us. Um, we're painting a picture of like what real church is in terms of like fellowship, community, and all of that. And I do think that for many people out there, it's easy to kind of stay at that surface level. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And not that they don't necessarily want accountability, but when we're talking about like relationships, really taking time to commit and establish relationships, people have been hurt. You know, a trust has been broken. And relationships, we've talked about, you know, rocking friendship. They take time. They take intention and stuff like that. Um, and we're just really trying to encourage everybody, like, it's worth it. It's worth it. Um, take the step. Move in closer. Commit. Become part of a body. You know, move past attending to really being an active member of a of a body, which, you know, proximity, we talked about finding a church proximity mm -hmm. is going to matter. And you may have like a mega church that you can drive 55 minutes to that's got an amazing preacher and worship, but can you practically on a, on a weekend, week out basis, really do community, you know, really build relationships and like do coffees and ketchups and mm -hmm. go to Bible study and all that. We need to think about those things because yeah. we... That's where we're going to really grow is in the context of relationship. So let's talk about church hurt because when you get closer, when you do commit, when you really start establishing and developing relationships, we're dealing with people. And anytime you're dealing with people and you actually become vulnerable in any relationship, there are going to be challenges. People are people. You're a person and you're going to mess up and fail and disappoint and all that. And other people are going to do that. So let's just, let's have a conversation about how we deal with church hurt or how we move beyond maybe hurt that we've had in the past. What would you say, Anika, to someone who maybe is struggling right now, taking that step because they have been hurt by relationships, maybe they've, you know, gone somewhere and really attempted to get connected and there weren't nice people there. <laughs> yeah. um, or they did and it just really had a a hurtful experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's that's really real. I mean that is that is real. Yeah. And um, you know, just understanding that we're all on a journey. Like we're all on a path. And I would say to just make space for humanity, just your own humanity and the humanity of others. The church isn't perfect. We're all on a journey and we're being, we're being perfected. In yeah. That. Yeah. And, and that's a great point. And, and I, I just want to say too, as a, as a leader um, in church, if you have been hurt by a leader, I want to personally uh, uh, repent to you and, and apologize to you because leaders should not hurt people. Yeah. Um, and, and that that does happen. So if it was 
you know, uh, some, you know, betrayal or something like that from a leadership person. Um, I mean, I repent to you. You did not deserve, you know, what, what happened. That was unfair. Just wanted to apologize for that. Um, now, but, uh, so kind of taking another journey just as a, a, a part of the church though, um, just like with anything and, you know, the explanation that Anika just gave was really good. Um, when you're growing in anything, there's going to be some pain along the way. Yeah, it just it just really is. Particularly when you see yourself. Let's say I'm talking to someone now. When you see yourself, there's a calling on my life. God is going to use me. I the, my <clears throat> my spiritual life is not just about me, but God wants to reach other people through me. So if I'm talking to you, if if that's who you are you are going to experience some hurt because you need to be able to serve and care for those other people that have been hurt, that you're going to need to reach them. So you will need to go through some hurt. And that's just a part of the journey. When we think about um, growing our muscles with the weight room, there's some pain that comes along with exercising and growing your, your muscles. So it's not about that pain and you can't get stuck on that pain. You have to get your eyes and your vision on the end goal, where you want to be, the people you're supposed to reach, what you're called to. That's the end of the goal. You you have to focus on that. Again, I apologize if any leader has hurt you, but people will hurt you yeah. um, and, and things will happen. There will be um, misunderstanding. You know, we actually had to kick some people out of our church before, you know? Yeah, yeah, we had to kick, and I, and I, I'm sorry to be politically incorrect. We had to kick three women out of the church. Yep, you know, we kicked out. We kicked out. The first one's name was Miscommunication. <laughs> we kicked out Miscommunication. Okay. <laughs> We kicked. <laughs> I forgot the other two women we kicked out. No, yeah. The second person that we, lady we had to we had to kick out misunderstanding. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And who was our third lady? I forgot. Her. But we had to kick him out. <laughs> so we'll fix that up later. If you know, if you are designed to be a leader in church, if you want to be a leader in church, there are going to be some issues and you have to go through those because you have to be able to identify with the people that you're called to help. Now, I I will say the one thing just to kind of make it a a little more light too. Some people say, well, I don't want to go to church because there's so many hypocrites in the Mm -hmm. church, right? Well, um, getting mad at hypocrites in the church is like getting mad at fat people at a gym. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, the the they the oh, hypocrite <laughs> the the place where hypocrites need to be is in the church because yeah. they're trying to get right the place where sinners need to be is in the church yeah. because they're trying to get right yeah. the place where miss uh, untrusting individuals need to be is in the church because they're trying to get right come on this is where they need to be we can't get Hospital. upset <laughs> of the people in the church that aren't perfect because they are in the place that is going to help them get where they need to be. Right. So they won't be in a mistrusting. So they won't be mean. They won't be in kind. So we, we, that's a part of the body. And, and what, and one of the things that happened 
as when we really, as we grow and develop and we know that these things are going to happen, we're prepared for right. it. It doesn't knock us off kilter and we know exactly, you know, what to do. And we're able to help so many people. Right. Again, long answer, but I just think. No, it's a good answer. Because I mean, the bottom line is we have to come back to we all mess up. We all blow it. I would probably say on a daily basis in some form or fashion when we recognize that it's not people that we're fighting, it's the enemy yeah. and recognizing he is the one who oftentimes works in people's lives through their vulnerabilities and weaknesses um, to come at us, you know, then we stop fighting others and recognize who we're really fighting. And at the end of the day, you know, even the, even great leaders who have stepped up to the plate have positioned themselves to say yes to God are going to miss it. They're going to fall short because they have put themselves in the ring and they are coming under another level of spiritual warfare that most of us who are just, you know, not most of us, but for those who kind of like are tipping their, you know, toe in the waters, Mm -hmm. they're like in it. And that brings a whole nother level of warfare and they're harassed. They're, challenged their fault on many different, you know, fought with on many different levels and at times, you know, succumb. That's just the truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we're not making excuses for them. You know, we're, we're not, we're, but we're just saying that's just the truth of what it is. Yeah, right. Absolutely. But, but we're not making excuses, you know, for those shortcomings, but that's a part of yeah. what it is. Uh, the leaders are on their journey. Every, we, we're, everybody is on their journey. And so it really um, has to do with like changing our expectations, mm -hmm. you know, it's having better, like realistic expectations that we're in this together Mm -hmm. and we're going to, you know, if we prayed more for our leaders, yeah, yeah, (laughs) which the Bible clearly tells us to do, pray for your leaders. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if we, if a lot of times those of us that get most upset when we see a leadership failure, is because a lot of times God is calling us to be leaders ourselves. And um, that's why it it so upsets us because we know that's not what it's supposed to be. And that yeah. gives you a new level of motivation so that you can build yourself up spiritually and the, the opportunities for you to hurt people uh, gets less and yeah. less, mm-hmm. right? So again, you're not going to be perfect either, but... You can build up. You can be motivated to, man, I am truly going to serve God. I am, I'm going to be my authentic self. I'm going to be accountable, mm-hmm. you know, to others so that I don't get off in these, something by myself and ending up weird, being, be, weird uh, <laughs> and put myself in a position where the enemy can attack me. Yeah. You will be attacked when you're off on your own. Yeah. So we're talking about being a church, you know, church is so you do not have to be on your own and you do, you are their safety in the church. So yeah. I just wanted to say that. It's so good. And <laughs> realizing that confess your faults to one another, Yeah. you know, that you may be healed. Leaders, when they mess up, you know, just like you said, even if it's somebody's interpretation, just being able to say, hey, you know, I'm sorry that you Mm -hmm. felt that way. I'm sorry that I did anything. Like we can all go on that journey together and just stay in that place of teachableness, humbleness, and recognize that 
like none of us have it together. Right. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. You, res- you, know, you restore others in that spirit of meekness so that the same yeah. thing won't, yeah. you know, happen to you. And yeah. you won't, you know, fall with the same you know, thing, but just that humility that you have, even when we see that, you know, you say a leadership failure or something has happened in the church, but what you do is you pray for your leaders mm-hmm. and just have that um, attitude of like restoring them in the spirit of meekness, not in the spirit of yeah. pride and not like, you know, you would never do anything. Like you don't know what situations people are in or why they make mm-hmm. the decisions that they make. Yeah. And it's important for us to restore each other, yeah. you know, in the spirit of, of meekness. And so that's, you know, one thing that I would even say, you know, for someone who's who's been hurt, if someone has, has hurt, hurt you, it, it goes both ways where we forgive and we're forgiven, you know, we, yeah. we release, we get released is a kind of a, I mean, that's just how it works in the body. It, it might not seem necessarily fair, yeah. you know, to have to release someone who has, has hurt us, but that's, that's the way it works so that we can, we can be healed. And I know sometimes it's, it's difficult to maybe be healed in an environment, you know, that hurts you. And that's why there's like mentors and counselors yeah. and people that are there to help you, to restore you. And then God can use you to, you know, restore others. And it may be someone in leadership and it may be someone within the church. Yeah. And if you've been, I mean, there is spiritual abuse and stuff like that that yeah. does happen. That's right. And we're not yeah. trying to minimize no, we are any, not in any, any way. of that. Because in any way. It's just coming back to recognizing that God is bigger. He's above all of that. And know that like our trust really isn't in people. Mm-hmm. Our trust is in God. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the reality is God uses people. Yeah. Yes. And he can make something beautiful out of even the worst leadership pain or experience if we'll just, you know, allow him the time, the space, and just continue like putting our confidence and our trust in him. Yes, he has created these spaces. Does it always, you know, go the way that his heart is for that? No, because, you know, he's entrusted it to us. (laughs) People. I think also, like if we're talking today about rocking your church life. Yeah. And finding a church and growing in church and blooming, you know, being planted and really blooming. Part of doing that, part of growing is what you touched on, Anika, is forgiveness. And just like both Debs, you said it, and Pastor Arnold, you said it, and even you said it, Anika, we're not making excuses for shortcomings. Um, But part of overcoming is the release, like you were talking about, is forgiveness. And it is a part of growing closer to Christ and keeping our eyes on Jesus. I'd like to say one other thing to the people that may have experienced um, hurt. And as we were just talking about, it's important that we learn how to forgive because there is also a chance that um, in the future you could hurt someone as well. So we want to have compassion towards um, everybody. And that will help us to move beyond our own hurt by seeing ourselves in it, right? Yeah. And seeing that, you know, because we all have hurts. I mean, you know, I've I've had to apologize to people in my, in my life. We all we've all had to apologize, right? So right. you have to apologize when you have wronged someone, whether intentionally or unintentionally. Right. So uh, that will help you to move beyond and to get past your your hurt as well. That's good. So. Let me ask this question. Um, let's say somebody is in church, they get hurt. 
it's a, you know, they're really being challenged. What would you say to that person? Like, how should they handle that? I, I believe it depends. I believe it depends on the hurt. Um, now we're not advocates for leaving church because of offense, um, but also recognizing that, you know, it might be hard to heal in, in that place. Uh, so I would say to to get counseling, to really talk to leadership. If there is physical abuse, to get help. And it may be a case that where you would find yourself looking for a new church. Yeah. Um, and again, there's no perfect church. So you have to just have the mentality that no church is perfect. And we're all in that process of being perfected. Um, and being sure to pray, pray about and talk to a trusted godly mentor about your hurt and about your offense, um, because you don't want the same thing to happen in the next church, whatever yeah. the offense was. So just being aware of where it came from, what caused it. And sometimes to get that balance and help you need, you need to let someone else know and um, and talk to them about that. It's good. Yes, goodness. I would say if you are hurting uh, or if you've been hurt and you want to know what to do, you should be open with someone. Um get healed, mm-hmm. right? Again, yeah. whether it was intentionally or unintentionally, you know, that you were harmed, find a way to find healing um, so that you can move forward. Um, don't live with it because as we mentioned earlier, if you if you stay in the hurt, then hurt people usually end up hurting other people. Right. So you want to be healed, not just for your sake, mm-hmm. but if, if you're, you know, if you're listening, you want to be healed so that you can help minister to other people and make sure that they are in a good place. So good. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's part of the growth journey is learning how to navigate conflict, knowing, you know, when there is a hurt or an offense or whatever, being able to take steps because depending on who we are, some of us, we just want to flee. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily always the best way to handle things. There are times where God is trying to grow us. It's uncomfortable. Maybe our personality is we don't like conflict. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the church really should be a place where if you're ever going to have successful conflict resolution, I would think the church would be the first place to be able to find that. (laughs) Um, And so talking, like you said, Anika, to, you know, a trusted person and preparing, you know, one thing that I can say is don't try to handle things in the heat of a moment when emotions are super high. You know, take the time to like calm down, to like pray through things, not to go and talk to five people about it, but like pick that one trusted person who you know can keep confidences to be able to like, you want resolution, this is what happened. And like, what are some things that, you know, they would encourage you to do to kind of take steps to move beyond that in a healthy, constructive, godly way. And then you can, through prayer and stuff like that, come up with like a means to confronting things and doing that in a healthy way. And you may need to like, you know, support in that. Um, but doing it from a place where you're not in the heat of the moment. Because most of the times when you, you know, if you're offended or upset and then you just go straight in, you end up saying things that you are going to regret. You end up handling things in a way that usually are not godly. You know, the Bible says, you know, be angry, 
but don't sin. Right. You know, don't let the sun go down, which like give it some space. So, yeah. So obviously we're talking about forgiveness and that's, you know, that that is a huge step. And a lot of times we have to do forgiveness even before we have that, mm-hmm. <laughs> before we even have that conversation. It's amazing what can happen in a conversation when you've already like forgiven. Mm-hmm. And it's not because the person deserves it or has earned it or even apologized for it. It's just a biblical principle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you can go into that conversation with love and compassion and all of that. So we are, this is um, episode is coming out right here uh, before Easter, which is a time for a lot of people when they're thinking maybe they haven't been going to church in a while. And they're like, you know what? I'm like, it's Easter. You know, I'm going to go to church. So Easter is a big deal for Christians. And, uh, and one of the great things when it comes to being involved with the church is the excitement that you can experience when it comes around Easter. Uh, some of you out there may be big foot, football fans and you love the Super Bowl. <laughs> Easter is our Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. it's the I'm serious, it's the Sunday in the month where we look most forward to because we want to have an opportunity to share a story about our Jesus. Yeah. I, he died, he rose, and he was resurrected for you, mm-hmm. right? And this is a great opportunity for you to invite your friends, for let's say that you haven't been to church in a while. This is a great uh, Sunday to start going back to church. This is a great time to get plugged in. Um, It's a great place to start. God's heart for you is that you would live a life that is full. Um, What we call, it's a little bit... um, it was the Zoe life, right? Yeah. So is, that means an abundant life, a, a, a life that's full. And Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, is a time to get started on that journey. And I encourage you to do that. If you if you if you haven't been in a while, let's make Easter Sunday the time when you jump back in. Um, and then think about this time next year. You're going to be so in, uh, involved with. Uh, getting ready for the new people that's going to be that's going to come. You're going to be an answer for somebody else. Oh, that's yeah. so good. <laughs> I love that, you know, because Easter and we call it affectionately Resurrection Sunday. Uh-huh. Um, the essence of it is is forgiveness. You know, while we were yet sinners, all of us, Christ died for us. Yeah. You know, so before, you know, we were even born, you know, years ago, he had us in mind and died for us, for our sins. Yeah. You know, he took on the burdens of, of sin for us so that we can be forgiven, so that we can walk in new life. And that's what Easter really represents. It represents that new life, that resurrected resurrected life. Yeah. And the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the Holy Spirit lives w- within us as believers. So I'm just praying just for people, for you all who are listening, that this year, this Easter will be like no other Easter, that you will experience the power of God like never before, that even on your journey, you will experience what a resurrected life looks like. It's a life that's full of joy, this peace, that's full of love, and you're walking that out. So even no matter where you are on your journey, we all can experience more of that Zoe life, as Arnold mentioned, more of that resurrected life. And it comes from embracing the cross and what Jesus did, the finished work on the cross, and then that's for us as believers. 
Happy Easter to you. Ooh, that was good. I love it. All right. Well, as we wrap up, is there any, like before we, you know, end, are there any last thoughts that you want to share? I just want to say thank you guys for having me on the podcast. Um, Anika's You're been welcome. on before. I, I know. So to say. So Anika's been on before. This is my first one. Um, but it's, it's really been great. Again, I, I listen to the podcast, so I, you know, get really excited. I'm looking forward to listening to myself. Okay, <laughs> let me start over. I just want to say thank you uh, for inviting me on the podcast. <laughs> okay, let me start over again. Take three. I just want to say thank you for having me on the podcast. It's been so much fun. Oh, I, love, I love the church. I love um, talking about the church and and hopefully saying something that encourages others to be a part of the church, to plug in and find a community. It's so much life there. It's a church is meant to be a life-giving place, and there's so much opportunity, and there's so much uh, love and kindness, and you can be the a part of the answer to, to somebody else's journey. So I want to encourage you to be a part of church. I want to in, uh, encourage you to not just watching a 10, but to plug in to serve because, again, you will be an answer for someone else. So good. Selah. Well, guys, that's it for today. We hope that today's episode encourages you to plant yourself in God's Word and in His church. And if you've already been planted, we hope that you bloom and flourish and reach others, bringing them into the kingdom of God. As always, thank you so much for listening. We can't wait to meet you back here again at First and Main, your avenue to living well. Have a great week.